Happy Tuesday. Good day, everyone. October the 16th. Isn't that exciting? It is. I wonder how many people probably don't have any idea of the date until you tell them every week. Exactly. So many people don't keep up with that. When, just think of the reconciliation between the audio file and the name. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, I don't see that the issue is, is I don't know the date until we do the podcast. Right. And it's the only time I really know that there is a date going on, which is which is useful because we just finished level one training yes. and we have a fitting room starting this Saturday. Dude. It's a good idea to know what the dates are. It is, and especially that you're in the correct month. Right. After right. last time. <laughs> because you just never know. You don't, really. You really don't. Yeah. But level one was <clears throat> phenomenal. Yes. We had such lovely people come. And we, we hope they're listening right now yeah. and we're saying hello to them all. And, but the, the people who came from out of town blessed our socks off. Um, the people who came from Oklahoma, the people who came from this region, we were just so blessed to be able to introduce what God has said and, and even see something that we have been doing, this level one training in its, its basic, um, expression for eight Mm -hmm. years or more now nine years Mm -hmm. now and uh it's just incredible to see how it is maturing yeah it was invigorating just to get to pour out from the foundations of all the things he originally said to us again and in a in a fresh way so that was really really a lot of fun it was it was tons of fun and of course we got to do sort of a dream come true with the barn. Yeah. We got to videotape, videotape. They're not even called, <laughs> there's no such thing as videotape. Well, maybe there is, but I, I'm not with our cameras. There's, right after we did worship on an eight track. Right. Yeah. It's about, about the same. You know, we pulled out our vinyl and skipped a couple of times. We were dancing anyway, but, but we, we actually recorded with video and audio, the level one training. So that Mm. is very exciting for us because we've not had our own in-house video in 10 years. Yeah. So this is, this is way cool, Junior. We're very excited about that. Yeah. So we'll have more to tell you in the coming weeks of how, how we'll be releasing that and it's going through the editing process and all that right now. And so we're, we're, Getting all fancy over here. We are getting. We, we in fact, have brand new podcast equipment. I kind of promised those on Instagram that we'd be using it this week. We're not because we, with the level one, we we need to learn how to use it. And it's just the two of us. And I don't know if we would call either of us tech savvy. Not really. I mean, maybe 20 years ago. Right. We <laughs> Before were, all the tech we were Yeah, but we were tech savvy for the 20 year ago tech. But yeah. now we're not. Yeah, we were great with the cassette tapes. And... Oh, that was, that was more than 20 years ago. But 20 years ago, yeah, we were tech savvy. Yesterday. I remember teaching all those people how to use the internet. And they were so mar- uh, in awe yeah. of the internet 20 years ago. Scary. But anyway. Yeah. Yes. No, I could make great spreadsheets and stuff back in the day. And now I have to ask you to do it that's if true. I need it. So, yeah. yeah. But that's okay. still old school in the new yeah. school. Anyway, we will we will catch up to to the party. And yes. <laughs> maybe next week we'll be ready for. Probably not. We have the fitting room coming, so it's probably yes. going to be a few weeks. Just being honest, but 
We have no idea if you'll be able to tell a difference or not, but... Oh, they will. We're, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. We're pretty excited about it. Yeah, so it's going to be... That wasn't enough. It'll be night and day. It'll okay. sound more like a radio broadcast, but we've got to get some more equipment for that to work. But we're really close. Yeah, that's funny. We were listening. We did these radio commercials... We did. Years ago for a ministry a we decade. were part of. And I'm not sure how we got volunteered for it, but we had, we had a lot of fun. And so we actually got to go into the studio and record these. They're a little embarrassing, but in a good way. Oh, I like them. They're yeah. cute. Yeah, they're cute. That's, anyway. That's a good, yeah. They're in the vault, though. So. Right. <laughs> not, Only we know now. Not, not, not uh, Splinter 12, of course, but <laughs> the other vault. Yes. Yeah. So, fall has... Finally come. It has. Oh my goodness, fully. yes. Yeah, so um, it's quite crisp out there. I, this was my day to check on the horses. And uh, so we kind of have a thing going on with them where they've had this field that's been completely prepared for them. And and we've learned that they are what I'm going to call robust. So we've, we've modified... Uh, some of their eating because the grass at Migdanaw is so hardy, which we were told when we were looking at the property that it was like almost like double portion. Like it was, you could feed double the animals on it that you normally would because it was just so hardy. And so we are finding that to be true. So now the horses are robust. They are robust. So, so we're letting them kind of eat down the field they're in and then winter will come and that they'll, everything will be great. However, they have found an entrance into another field and it is one of Migdanos fields. So it's fine. They're not trespassing anywhere, but they've kind of created their own smorgasbord and this, uh, this other field they're getting into, we're going to have that closed off this week, but oh my gosh, there's yeah. cockaburgers in there, and so Reptavia, one of the horses. I mean, you just can't even fathom how many he has in his mane, and I pull some out every day. But you really need gloves, and and I've discovered on this one we need scissors. So yes, I took scissors today, and I was just going to help him out. And it was so cold. It was so cold this morning. My hands were frozen, and I couldn't, I couldn't quite do it. So I'm gonna have to go back when the, in the afternoon and finish this process. But it's kind of a good lesson. If you go into a field that hasn't been prepared for you, you end up with cockleburs. That's true. That's true. And they're really hard to get out. It's much better to be in your field. Good picture. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. You know, it's the same kind of thing. You know, you you want to feed what a person can handle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the... We've had numerous hilarious comments about um, August Rush for a new person, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, level one training and, and, and just how it can feel like a fire hose uh, aimed at your mouth. Uh, or in the case of our horses who are currently living on the Lembus bread of uh, grass fields. Yeah. Uh, and so they're, you know, they're supposed to eat a little bite, but they're eating the entire thing. And so portions is just, it's a, it's a, just a foundational thing mm-hmm. God said to us at the beginning. Yeah. And that's certainly been our journey this, this week after doing level one training. Mm-hmm. And this morning as I'm driving and Papa's just talking and I'm looking at the sky and I love to do that because you, when you look at the sky 
there's just something about the clouds in the morning that really says God to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I it think just, it tells you like his mood, like, it, yes, like what's on his heart, you know, like what he's expressing and has for you to enter into. If the clouds are there, usually that means he's to me, he's in a creative mood right. because, uh, <laughs> because the clouds this morning were just, you know, they were just very textured and, um, there was something autumn about them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so anyway, I was interacting with Papa. We're just chilling and talking and driving. And it was just cool because mm-hmm. he, I could feel his pleasure of just having the interaction. And uh, there was this, um, I saw the colors of an emergency vehicle. I didn't know if it was police or fire or um, or a, a rescue of some kind, but, but I could see the lights coming and I, and I couldn't tell if it was like an accident or what. And so I just began praying because, you know, when you see something at an intersection, that's either going to mean somebody needs prayer mm-hmm. or, or a delay of some kind. And so you need the prayer. Yeah. And then I needed the <laughs> prayer. So neither of which were happy. So I began praying immediately and uh, it turned out it was a, it was a fire truck. And, um, so I got to pray for them, but, but it was cool because just interacting with Papa you know, there's this balance that we're getting to in maturity where we've learned that we inquire of the Lord of everything, but we also know that there are some things that we don't want to always see prayer as petition. We want to see prayer as relationship. Mm -hmm. And so there is a point where you can get to in prayer where you have, um, you've sort of stopped participating and that's not maturity. It's like, God, come do this for me. But, but I think most of us have, have learned that now, you know, we don't just want God to do things for us. We want him to mature us into doing them with him, but we still inquire of the Lord. So there's also that time where we, we can uh, not even include God in what we're doing and, uh, and be on the other side of that. And then, then God has no voice and when in our lives. And then when we remember and we spend that time with him, he's, his joy is just so glorious to have that moment. And it's, it's amazing to me how being outside, you know, I'm the great indoor captain. <laughs> yes. I'm the lover of the, the, of the great indoors. Yes. But when you're outside in creation, the, the, the thing that's so true is, is all around you is him. And inside, you know, there's a lot of man-made or human-made. Uh, and so your your interaction with God is different, but you cannot miss God outside. So I had a glorious day today, and it just reminded me of the, of the beauty of relationship. And certainly after Level 1 training, that's, that's the first thing, you know, we talk about is how important it is that each one of us have our own relationship with God and that God wants that so bad so that, you know, we're not, we're not Saul. We're not looking to Samuel. We're David. We're looking to God to be our beloved and our interaction with him is not only going to change our lives, but God loves to have that time with us. And, and, and it is, you know, you can, you can get into a place where you're in a rut and you're just doing the same thing over and over again. But if you will see how varied our lives are, our lives are 
gloriously varied. There's so many different experiences that we have in a day or a week that that if we can see God in each one of them, there there is this uh, there's this texture to that. Mm-hmm. There's a texture to the relationship that we will discover if we look for God in in all of the different experiences of our day, all of the different experiences of our life. And so, you know, I'm taking our dog, Sweet Jack, <laughs> to the vet so that he can have his ear inspected again. You know, it's not even a, a checkup, it's an inspection. And, uh, and but see, on that journey, me and, and the dog, you know, and we're driving, and, uh, and the, the sirens and, and the clouds and the sky, this is, this is a one, you know, one experience in a, in a day or a week. But in that experience, there Papa was, and he was so happy to see me. You know, even though I was up at three o'clock this morning with him, it's not like we hadn't spoken, you know. But 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 because that was this different part of the day, it was just it was different. It was a different atmosphere. It was a, it was almost like a different covenant. You know, there was just a different portion in that. But he was there, and and it was precious in that moment. And it just changed me, so that was my day. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's only like the third hour of the day. That's right. We're early. If you were, yeah. Third hour for those people who <laughs> work up at <clears throat> 3 o'clock right. in the morning. It's like the, me. It's the eighth hour of my, the seventh hour, whatever yes. it is. But it's, yeah. I was in my blanket leet you were, at 3 a.m. You were, you were in dreamland. I was. That's good. And, you know, I think it's so, it's so amazing that morning you had because we do get to choose where we find him. And I think he loves it when we start with our praise instead of our problem. He cares about our problem, but when we praise him first, when we see, wow, this is who you are. You know, this is who you've always been. We're we're asking him to let us go with him as opposed to we're waiting on you to do something. And it just starts so often by that choice of, of where we're going to find him. And I think that that's kind of what he stirred in me this morning as well, is just thinking of some things from the level one, because we get reminded of so much. And I think especially this one, because it had been a bit since we'd done a a true full level one. I mean, years. Yeah. um, Because then we started doing, you know, two and three and that kind of thing. And so just an all out level one. We did a bit of one at an immersion, but just, I mean, this had like people we'd never met and all those aspects of it. And then the people who are getting to hear it for the 2,500th time, <laughs> <laughs> believe us, we're like, oh, wow, we're saying this again. But there was such a gratitude to be able to do that. And so it, there just was this reminder, you know, something we would always discover when we go out and we would travel and we'd do the level one and we'd do all our land missions, we'd get home and it was kind of like so glad to be home, but you could feel this um, disappointment or deficit almost because you'd been living like for a week or five days, whatever it was, just him every step. And we realized early on every day could be like that. And that's how we started having miracles and amazement and just being astounded by him every single day because we we just started making that choice to live every day like it was a land mission really was kind of how we approached it so 
just getting to be kind of in that gratitude for a few days of, man, you weren't kidding when you said this. You, it meant so much to you that you said this, and it means so much to us that we get to say it. And I had just a part of of the story that he expanded for me just leading up, um, probably in the few months leading up to the to this level one, and it was just related to the story, um, which I'd shared many times about the Queen of Sheba coming to see Solomon and. She really wanted wisdom about how he um, facilitated his kingdom, you know, really, how it operated, how it ran, what his mindsets were. And as she's there, she kind of gets captured into the heartbeat of the true kingdom he's a steward of. And and she gets just drawn into it, and they've, they've exchanged every wealth and rich that you can, you know, and then they get to the true wealth, which was their hearts, you know, and it it says that she was able to say everything on her heart to Solomon and he shared his heart with her. And isn't that one of the greatest wealths we have when we come to that place of vulnerability and we stop talking about what we do and we start revealing who we are and through that who he is in us. And so they They've had this exchange in, so this is in Second Chronicles, in Scripture, in chapter 9. And so they come to this place, and um, they've spoken all these things in their heart, and there was nothing that Solomon was not able to explain to her in that moment. So there was nothing hidden from him, and... So she says this, Blessed be God, your Adonai, who took pleasure in you and placed you upon his throne so you could be king for Adonai, your God, because of your God's love for Israel to establish them forever. He trusted you. And that it says he placed you, but broken down and the Hebrew root and all that says he trusted you. And I just, that was kind of an undoing for me because we've talked a few Podcast. It could have been a lot more than I remember now ago, just about position or place, where we're placed or where we feel we should be positioned and, and just how beautiful it is to be have a place at the table alongside other people on the journey with you and realizing there's a dish we all bring. You know, there's this, this wonderful part of the feast we all carry. And so thinking of how she saw that, this person kind of on the peripheral, kind of on the fringes, and she sees just by the way that Solomon interacts with her and his openness that there was nothing, just like with the Lord, there was nothing he couldn't ask the Lord, there was nothing the Lord wouldn't reveal to him for this moment, and she recognized the trust that the Lord had in him, and she was amazed by it. You know, she began her own worship through that like this is the goodness of your God and she recognized why Solomon had the place at the table that he did why he was placed there and it was for because God loved Israel and because he wanted to establish them forever eternally and she recognized that and so just in our own hearts to be in that place where when we are interacting 
with people that they would recognize that we're trusted to be in that conversation. We're trusted to be in that situation with them. Um, it's, it's just a phenomenal thing. And I am thinking about that so much in my dialogues and conversations and just interactions, no matter where I'm at, is like, gosh, you know, that he would open eyes for someone to see your purpose um, and what you're trusted with for their good, you know, for their good and the good of the, the part of the world he's trusted you with, the people of his heart that he's trusted you with. And that can feel like one person. It can feel like the baby who's kept you up at night or whose diaper you're changing or the the aging, you know, person in your family that needs care and that feels like that's all your focus is but when you're in that place you know or the work that you do the job that you go to and it feels like that takes more of your time but when it's your place you begin to understand it changes the world just because you occupy it just because you're in it and I just felt like that was so much of the moment that the queen of Sheba she realized her life had been changed what Solomon shared with her and gave her access to but also she was able to see the world he was changing and I also loved just how um, it, it said that nothing was hidden from Solomon there was nothing hidden so that of course goes to Proverbs 25 where it says the glory it's the glory of God to conceal a matter the glory of kings to search them out and discover, you know, and reveal them. And we're, we're kings and queens here on this earth. And, uh, and then I just saw a cross-reference I hadn't seen before about when we do that, when we choose that, when we're not afraid that something is hidden. You know, hidden doesn't mean bad. It means not yet discovered. It means awaiting discovery. And so, um, that Proverbs 25, 2 cross-references back to Deuteronomy 29, 29, which says that secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and our children forever. Forever. <laughs> so that we may follow the words of his law or of his love. That is incredible, and I feel like that's what the Queen of Sheba was recognizing. Like, He's given you something eternal. It wasn't just for this moment. It is lasting. It is everlasting. And in that moment, she began to understand the greatness and the vastness of God, you know, in a way she hadn't. And so whenever we're able to reveal something, you know, when we search out a hidden thing in prayer for each other, for a person we know, a person that we don't, for ourselves, for our families, for our cities, that's everlasting. Like we never lose the knowing of that. We never lose the ability to apply that understanding ever, you know? And so I just was thinking because we we had um, quite a bit of awakening, I think, through the level one and um, just you know when you're in an atmosphere where there's just this pursuit together there's this unified heart 
he will do that. You know, he will do it. And so um, I just was really thinking back to Acts, which we've talked a lot about in the the church of Acts. And um, in Acts 2, when, you know, the context is that um, the disciples have already received the Holy Spirit, and now there's this gathering of peoples from, it says, every nation under heaven. And it says uh, Jew and convert. I mean, every people group you can think of are present. And I mean, there. I wouldn't even try to pronounce all the nations people were from, but there were a lot <laughs> that were there. And so there was something that it says in that, that as those tongues of fire came, it says that, so it, fire comes and then that the fire was divided and it came to rest on each of them which says that what each of them needed was given to them in that moment it wasn't see this wasn't just they all could speak in tongues this was they were all given something had awakened in them something that had been designed for them created for them portioned for them since the beginning And so now here's this moment, it's being released in mass, you know, essentially. And so, you know, it says that um, they each began to speak as the Spirit enabled them. So if the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is a navigator and a nurturer and a guide and um, all these things... This becomes even more purposeful when you recognize it as the Spirit enabled them. Or how this actually translates was they began to speak as the Spirit gave them things to declare. So they were each given very specific expressions that in that moment only they could do. In the way that it was separated out for them or divided from the whole they were given their portion. And it's just an amazing thing to think of in community, those kind of moments. And I'll come back to that. So it says, what it also says about these people is that it was the God-fearing or the God-remembering, those in awe of God from every nation under heaven. And so this multitude comes together, and it says they were confounded. Um because they were each one hearing everyone speak in the prop, their proper dialect. So the land they were of, they were now speaking in that, and they were confounded. And something amazing about being confounded is it leads you to explore. It leads you to discover those mysteries and those hidden things. And so they're all in this place of, you know, wonder and really you know, what, what is happening, you know, even as it is happening. So, and it says that they, they wondered, are all not that are speaking Galileans? You know, aren't they all of the same tongue? Then how do we hear each other in our proper dialect, that to which we were born? So there's something so amazing about Pentecost because it isn't just this gift, you know, that, that the church has learned to identify 
um, <laughs> I'm trying to say this in a great way, <laughs> if someone's a believer or not. Um, you know, we've been in many circumstances while well, they didn't even do this, so they can't really believe, you know, and that there's kind of this judgment that there's been with that. This was so much more than that. You know, this was, this was, um, definitely a recognition of each other and absolutely a recognition of him and knowing that he was there, but it was, it was a return to who they were born to be, not just speaking a language and somebody understanding or not. They, this was a return. They returned to their origin and that's what the Holy Spirit does. It will return us to our very core, our very origin, our from the beginning that He created us for. And that's what was happening in this moment. So you got all these nations that I'm not going to pronounce. And it says that they could be heard declaring the wonders of God in their own tongue. So they were each expressing an aspect of Him, a revelation of Him, back to their origin, which is amazing. They were just talking about the great things of God and they could all understand it. So they hadn't all experienced it in the same way, but they could all understand it. They could receive it from each other. Like, you know, how many times have we been gathered and and we just can't receive from each other? You know, in this moment, they were not divided. Their portion had been divided out to them so it could be multiplied among them and it was multiplied when they were able to receive from each other which is so amazing and then it says they were saying what does this mean you know which you could get that question but that isn't really what it comes down to in Hebrew actually what they were saying was what would you desire this to be or what do you desire this to become And I think that's, you know, we've talked about this for years and you just mentioned it. Today, what is this? We always ask, what does this mean to you when God comes and does something uh, unexpected or that, you know, we haven't seen for a long time or ever? And so here it is in this story that the question they were asking is, what do you desire this to become? Like, this isn't just for me. What do you desire this to become? How would you have it multiply? And I think that's just part of maturing is asking that question, you know, instead of where's my peace, it's like how, what do you desire my portion to become? And then we grow in that. And especially when we can receive it from each other, it, you know, it becomes multiplied and then you know Peter you know so then they all start saying and there's you know people there that begin mocking you know and isn't that the way of man not yet kind (laughs) Mm -hmm. starts mocking and you know they're drunk and all these things and and Peter's like it's not yet nine in the morning you know they're not drunk this is the fulfillment of prophecy of the prophecy of Joel where he said The Lord said, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh, on all people. And so it was man, woman, child, those that have aged, those that are servants, those that have been in captivity, all will receive that outpouring. And 
we've talked about this in the past as well, but that he will pour out in season what is needed in season. And so, so often a people, a community can be gathered together and it's like, you know, this is what he did, do it again. And we're waiting for the repeat instead of the return, that thing that draws us back to the very origin of who he created us to be, where we begin to truly receive our portion. You know, just like the Israelites, when it was time to build the tabernacle and they didn't know how to do these things, but yet all of a sudden they knew what to do. They had a suddenly and a suddenly comes when we're mature enough that he trusts us with it. And it feels so sudden because it comes in quickly, but it's what we've been waiting with him. It's what we've been growing for in the first place. So they have this outpouring, but he does that today. He will do that among us when we're in awe of him. He will give us what we need for all those conversations we have, for all those things that hopefully we don't see on the news, but we know about anyway. Um, He will give us every strategy, every sign, wonder, and miracle that are needed for those so that the the people who are meant to be affected will not just be wowed, they'll be confounded. And they'll begin to say there's only one way. There's only one God that this could be. And this is what he trusts you with. This is what he trusts us with. And when we begin to converse like that, to have that be the delight of our dialogues, I think um, that not much will be withheld, you know, um, because we will so be multiplying, like we talked about a few weeks ago, the greater works. We will so be multiplying as we receive from him and give and receive amongst our community. So I just, um, that's kind of the place of maturity. I was seeing where we can recognize him because he can come in the way we may not yet know we need, but as soon as we need it, he brings it. And we then get to carry it with wonder, you know, so that a world remembers all that they've forgotten. Hallelujah. Yeah. Glorious. Yes. Well, we will uh, happily talk to you next week. We'll be navigating that we, with the fitting room, which we're so excited about. We have six amazing couples coming, and we just we love doing the fitting room. We do. So, so much. We do. Yeah. So, we will talk to you next week, and uh, thanks for being with us. We love it. We'll see you soon. Everybody be blessed.